but I'm studying international development. I am a second year of McGill. And yes, I'm from Kenya. I just came last year to Canada. In Kenya, I'm from Nairobi, which is the capital city. I lived in Zimbabwe for a couple of years, and then I came back, and I've lived in Nairobi ever since. Why did you come to study in Canada? That is a great question that I actually get a lot. I don't even think there's a real answer, but a lot of kids from my school ended up coming to Canada. And so it was always in the cards for me, like they promoted it and a lot of Canadian universities came to our like career fairs. And so, yeah, it was one of the options. And then I just ended up coming. It was cheaper, which is a great plus. And there's more flexibility here, I feel, since I didn't know what I wanted to do. And you have a lot of friends from back home who go to school here because I know we went to your birthday party and everyone seemed to be from Nairobi or yeah and I was also surprised because and I learned this later that a lot of people from your school ethnically their origins were in India and I was just really surprised because I grew up in India and a lot of people knew schools that I had gone to or had some relation to and that was really cool so I think you came from a kind of unique high school and that you said majority were of Indian origin. Yes, yeah, actually. So I went to a school called Aga Khan and the Aga Khan is the leader of the Ismaili community, which is like an Indian Muslim community. And so a lot of the kids from my school were of Indian descent. In fact, I think when I started, I was probably one of the only black Kenyans there. But there's a big Indian community in Nairobi, in the big cities in Kenya. So yeah, and because the Ismaili community has a lot of ties with Canada, and that's why my school was really closely related to Canada and they really promoted Canada. And so that's how I ended up here. How has your experience at McGill been or what have your impressions been of the course and the school and the people? The school is good. It's great. I can't complain. I don't have any regrets. I think it's been quite interesting coming here. The people are quite friendly. I think I went to a res that was quite international, which was really helpful. It helped me like settle in because a lot of the people I was with were going through the same things. The course, I didn't come in in international development, so I'm very recently joining the program, but I like it so far. It's been quite interesting hearing the perspective that people have of the developing world. But other than that, it's been quite good. Yeah, because we're in the same economics class. And I know we talked about this. The first slide you get on the first day of this class is just a blank slide. And it just says, why is Kenya so poor? And I know we talked about this. What a time. Yeah. So it was quite interesting. I remember walking into class. It's a required class. So I had to take it. And I walked in. And the first slide was, why is Kenya so poor? And I felt kind of attacked. Um, But that's okay. We continued. And uh, yeah, the class, it was interesting to hear, as I said, the perspective that people have of the developing world. And it made me realize how ignorance can exist or like be propagated by the things that we learn. And it's not, I mean, it's not like he taught us anything wrong, but it's just, it was interesting to hear what they teach and how people's ideas and what they believe can be so skewed. Or it's just, yeah, you're only given one side of the story and that's all that's perpetuated in your in your studies so it's easy to believe only one thing which can be to the detriment of people from Kenya because I'm like it's so much more than just poverty and sadness and hunger you know like that exists I can't really deny it but it's more than that 
And we are about to go on an exchange semester to Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. It's getting real. <laughs> Kelly's taking her Duke all today. <laughs> and a lot of interesting concepts have been raised for us going off what you were talking about in that economics class because we're traveling with professors from McGill who are noticeably not from the region. <laughs> and yeah. we just were trying to figure out what our experience will be like when we go there and how to learn best. Yeah. It's it's hard because you're only given one side of the story, as with many like field studies or NGOs, you know, you're taught from one perspective. And obviously with our program, a lot of our teachers are not from developing countries and they're teaching you about developing countries, which is quite interesting. But I think the key to combat this is just being educated and talking to people like since we're having this conversation, obviously I'm giving you a different side to the story. And that's so important. Just knowing more about the place. And when you're actually there, getting to know people, interacting with them, getting to know them on a more personal level, going into their homes and learning about their lives and their stories, rather than just going there and thinking, we're going to change this because you're doing this wrong and you seem unhappy and in poverty and just starving. If you go with that mentality, then I don't think it will be that helpful. But if you go in there with the intention to learn, that's more important. And I think that's what you guys are about to do. So I think you're going to have a good time. I definitely think it's not, we're not going there with the intention of just volunteering for two weeks and yeah. helping the world. It's definitely an educational trip. Yeah. So I think we're trying to do our best in that sense. Sachi and I have been taking a Swahili class all yes, semester. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if it will help us interact with people when we're there. I think it will definitely help if you just make that effort. These developmental projects sometimes can be steered towards going to just help. But what you're doing is not that. Like, I think you're going there to learn and that's key. That's what we need. And when you learn, you should share because then you can change the story. It's about changing the story and the narrative that's been told about Africa and the developing world that's so... It's kind of skewed and it's a bit depressing, but it's more than that. So going there and learning and engaging is really important. So I'm really glad that you're going to do this. I think it'll be very helpful. And do you think there's a place still for these development projects and what could be improved? Because we learn about it in theory. And I know you have experience, even your family works in development. I mean, I'm no expert and I I really don't know much, so I can only give a very limited opinion. But I do feel like there's a place for them, but only if they start from like the bottom up. So grassroots and like the local community can make a bigger impact than development programs. But they definitely need the help of the development programs and they need that aid. But if it's not steered by the local community, then it won't really work. You have to take into account where you're going and how people live there. And you can't be like ethnocentric. You can't be like, I do this right and you do this wrong. So here, do this because I do it like that. Like if you go into that mentality, these projects will probably fail. But if they take into account the existing local realities, then it's it'll be a win-win for everybody honestly so there is a place for them but it just depends on their approach as long as they're involving the local communities i think it would be good but then again i'm not an expert when you talk about ngos and international organizations going into developing countries and imposing certain rules or opinions um i think people tend to disregard the fact that there are many people on the ground already trying to make a difference yeah i think that's key because a lot of people just I'm not really sure what people think, but I can see it being easy for people to think that we don't see the poverty and we're just not 
doing anything about it to try and improve our own situation. But there are so many communities that are trying to make a difference. And there are so many people that have their own little NGOs in Kenya and in the whole of Africa that are trying to help their local communities. And so we need help, obviously, but it's not, I don't know what the word is. Responsibility, yes. The responsibility doesn't only lie in these big NGOs like the UN. There are people that are taking responsibility to make a difference and they're on the ground and they are making changes. So there is progress. It's just a bit slow, but we're getting there. And we do need help, but it's not only, as I said, the responsibility of the UN and the World Bank and all these big organizations. As you said, many students from your school go abroad for university. Do you plan on going back to Kenya? And what are your thoughts on people who leave and don't come back or the brain drain phenomenon? I have a lot to say because I initially, I remember when the universities came to our school and I remember specifically UBC, they came and they told us, come to Canada because when you're done, you can get residency really easily. And Canada has all these great benefits. And they talked about like the health benefits of living in Canada and just how great life in Canada would be. And I was like, it's a trap. Don't do it. I went and told all my friends, don't go to Canada. It's a trap. Because what happens is that since we're relatively more educated than the average Kenyan. Most of my friends ended up coming to Canada or the States or the UK. And then you come to these developed worlds and you just see that life could be better. You know, like you can make more money and you can have a stable job and there's no crime because those things exist back home. And so it's very easy for people to get trapped in this world. And that's how their brain drain occurs because all the people with the skills and the information to actually make a difference back home end up leaving our country and developing countries that are already developed. I was trying to explain to my friends that don't go into a saturated market, stay home. It's so unsaturated. You can really thrive because you can start your own business and you'll be the only like actuarial scientist in Kenya. It's just it's hard to want to go back to that when you can see that you can make more money here. Yeah, but I personally do want to go back home because I feel like we have a duty to go back home and just use the knowledge and the information that we've gained here in these great institutions and go back and make a difference and help. So uh, as I said, a lot of the educated individuals end up leaving to pursue this more material life where they can make more money and stuff. And so we're leaving behind people that are so stuck in a system that's kind of flawed, especially one of our biggest problems is corruption, where our governments steal a lot of our money and it's just it's become such a like inherent part of our government and the way that they function that the only way it can change is if people who have a different perspective come in but it's really sad that a lot of the people that do have that different perspective either are too comfortable with their lives where they just make money and they're just living in their own little bubble or they just leave and they go and pursue a better life which is kind of unfortunate so we have a responsibility to go back home and make a difference but it's hard you can see a more comfortable life but I think we have a duty to do that as Kenyans so hopefully in our future we'll see a lot of people going back and actually making a difference and changing the systems although we will definitely take a long time and it's not as simple as I'm making it right now it's so it's so complicated and it'll take a while but there's hope and we're getting there but yeah there's a lot of things that need to be done And how has your experience been in Montreal? Yes, coming to Montreal has been quite interesting. I've had to learn, like all my life, I've never been a minority. And so learning to be a minority has been quite interesting. 
it doesn't even hit me sometimes, honestly. Like, we'll talk about intersectionalism in class and how, what it means to be a black woman, especially, and how disadvantaged you can be and how much harder you have to work. And so many times it doesn't even hit me that, oh, oh my gosh, that's actually me. Like, they're talking about me because I've never been a minority. So learning how to navigate that has been quite interesting. Uh, I'm still learning. I don't really know what that means. So it's been quite the process. Before you took all these classes and were going to do a field study in Kenya, like what was your thought? Has that changed? My thoughts on just Kenya? Yeah. Do you find that over the course of the semester, taking Swahili, like talking to people from Kenya, that your view has changed? Or were you as educated before? Because maybe I'm like, I feel like people are not that educated, but maybe they are. I personally don't feel like I knew that much about Kenya before. I guess from my father, I'd heard a lot of personal experiences since he travels there a lot. So I definitely maybe knew more than a lot of people. Mm. But my opinions definitely changed taking Swahili class with a professor from Kenya. And we've seen more movies and videos and learned the language and listened to the music. So I've definitely learned a lot from all of that. And also meeting you and your friend group, even just as Sachi talked about before, learning about the Indian community yeah. in Kenya. A lot of that has been quite eye-opening. And just pre- preparing for the trip and doing more research about where we're going. Yeah, I think this similar experience, especially because a lot of what we've learned just in the academic setting has been reinforced multiple times. So I'm more familiar with that perspective. But through meeting you and talking to people of Nairobi as a vibrant metropolis and meeting your friend group and learning about the Indian influence has been really eye-opening. Yeah, I think that's like key like for everybody, even for myself, learning about other places. The only way to do that is by interacting with people from there or putting in an effort. So everybody needs to do this. This is for everyone. And it's not only about Africa or any developing country. It's about anywhere in the world. We need to become more globally aware everyone does and i think a lot of these ideas were brought up when we talked about cultural appropriation too and that maybe we are ignorant of other cultures or are complicit in portraying cultures in a certain way we were both in res first year there were only two workshops and one of the workshops was about cultural appropriation or appreciating other cultures and Mm -hmm. being wary of putting people in boxes and I know we had experiences with talking to other people and how people reacted really differently to this workshop. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people, especially from like Europe or the States, are not really aware of cultural appropriation. And it makes sense. Um, I was trying to explain to one of my friends, actually, the whole concept of cultural appropriation. And she was telling me that like she's French and she was like, if if I... Like, if people wear a beret or they wear French clothes, like, I won't feel offended. And I was trying to explain it to her, but that, like, they know more about France rather than just, like, that they wear berets and eat baguettes, you know. People know that it's more than just that. But when all you know of a culture is just a costume and you think that their culture is a costume, then that's when it becomes problematic. If you're genuinely appreciating a culture, then it shouldn't be a problem. But if you just make it into some sort of entertainment or... You don't really acknowledge the true roots of the culture, then it becomes a bit of an issue. But also, I don't know much about cultural appropriation. As I said, I've never had to deal with it, having been like being the majority. So coming here and being a minority and seeing how people take my culture is is is. Something
something that I've had to deal with. So I'm not really well-versed about this, but yeah. What kind of misconceptions have you encountered from being here? I mean, people get shocked at my English. That's definitely there. I don't think people are very outright, like, very crazy. But people, I can tell that they get shocked about my English, for sure. I went to a McGill clinic once. And I was talking to the receptionist and I was filling in some forms. And then she was like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Kenya. And she's like, oh, you speak such good English. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we were colonized by the British. So I don't know what you expect me to speak. Just people just don't know much. So when I talk to people, I can see them. They won't say anything, but I can see them thinking about stuff and just being confused and Africa is like a country. It's just all the same. So I'll be like, I'm from Kenya. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I have a friend who's from Senegal. And I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> fantastic. I wish I had friends from Senegal. I barely know anything about Senegal. So cool, you know more than me. But like to people, that's such a weird concept because to them, because that's what it's taught as, it's like Africa is just one big place and everything is the same. But it's so crazy how different it is. I honestly don't even know much about, which is sad on my part, but like countries surrounding Kenya, I also don't know too much. You know, it's so different. Everything is so different. In Kenya alone, there's like 40 something tribes and so many different languages. So there's no way that the whole of Africa can be clumped into one. It's so it's such a weird concept to me because I'm like, how? We're literally all so, so, so different. Even in one country, we're all so different. So it's funny to see them clump us into one big group. I think there's also a lot of focus on West Africa. I don't know. When I come here, I guess, I guess because the West African community is bigger here because they speak French and more in Montreal. But like Sub-Saharan Africa is just one big country. So you really undermine our cultural diversity if we're just put into one box. Do you have any advice sir, for Sachi and me going to Kenya? People will be very fascinated by you. You're going to be quite the spectacle. When you go into the villages, they're going to be obsessed with your hair. They're all going to want to braid it, for sure. Everyone's going to be so friendly, and they're all going to want to be your friend, 100%. Everyone's just so nice. I know that's what a lot of people say that shocks them when they go to Kenya. It's just everyone is so happy and friendly. And I would say that one thing that you should do is after you're done with your trip is share your experiences. I know you have this podcast and you have your Instagram and your pictures. You should definitely share it with people just to make people more aware because that's important in like changing people's perspectives. So it's great that you're sharing your stories. What do you think we'll learn or take away from this experience? I mean, I don't want to tell you that you're not going to go and see poverty and see people like hungry with no lights and stuff because you probably will but be more aware of the other stuff <laughs> so like whatever your schedule for your trip is and the plan that they have for your field study like try to go deeper than that because it might be a bit i don't know what it is but it, if you find that it's too like one-sided or just not you're not really forming connections with the people then try and do that on your own which would be great and then in your free time go do interesting stuff there's so much to see so much to see that you should make sure that you get all of it or as much as you can in your limited time so yeah just make the most out of it and go everywhere and see everything and if you need anything hit me up <laughs> i got you i wish i was going home that would be great so you can enjoy it on my behalf i'll give you a list of all the foods you should eat for me you can send me pictures oh, that's gonna make me so sad but yes do that because you're gonna have there's so much it's just so rich Maybe not in money, 
but in other things. So make sure that you explore that. On that note, we'll end the podcast. Thank you, Gutoni, for coming to speak to us. Thank you for having me. It was really interesting talking to you guys. And I hope you have a great trip. And I can't wait to see all your pictures and podcasts. Thank you.